Well, uh, good evening. It's about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And with another wacky week of news, I'm Jim Dwyer. Yeah, it's turning into... It doesn't get any less strange. Yeah, surreal. Uh, by the way, just a programming note, uh, we are going to be going live uh, to Hill Auditorium. John Lewis is uh, giving a talk tonight at Hill Auditorium. That is going to be um, basically interrupting your regular programming. So do stay tuned for that. Yazoo City Calling will be back next week. So that's directly at the top of the hour. Directly at the top of the hour. Now, I don't know when John Lewis is actually going to start talking, but uh, we'll be switching over to Hill Auditorium. This, by the way, was originally a Penny Stamps lecture. Oh, that's correct. It was rescheduled due to yeah. uh, committee work that he uh, had responsibility towards. And we'll do a little intro to it uh, at the appropriate time. That's a nice um, bit of programming for uh, listeners. Yeah, it is. And he is a, a genuine uh, legend. And I guess as mentioning John Lewis's name, we can start right off with the Donald. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, but I'm going to give him a, a brain damage award. Uh, he's he sort of picked up right where he left off right before the holiday, uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody, but... To throw in the word Pocahontas at a ceremony at the White House where Native American veterans are being on, honored, and then backtrack by claiming that it was a joke. I mean, or to simply insist that it's not a racial epithet. Right now, we know that he had been calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas uh, for many years now. I think that's been going on for two years. This, by the way, is sort of the the personality of Donald Trump. But, uh, you know, it, right as the Thanksgiving holiday started, uh, he uh, made a bizarre comment about the father of one of the UCLA basketball players. Very briefly on that, a couple of UCLA basketball players, three of them, by the way, were arrested in China recently. UCLA, the famous basketball school. John Wooden, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton. We don't need to list them all, but the guy was a legend. They were doing an exhibition in China. Three of these uh, young players got caught shoplifting. They were arrested. Donald Trump wants to take credit for getting them released. The extent to which that is true, I have no idea if that's been explored fully. Well, there's no way that China was going to keep these American basketball players in no, there's a, actually, custody. That's yeah, for ludicrous. a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Basketball's popular there. Very and, popular. Uh, it, you know, there are some Chinese players in the uh, American League. And there's evidence that more Chinese watch the NBA than Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, Yao Ming, you may recall him, the giant center that played for the Houston Rockets. Of course, he began having injury problems, but basketball is huge in China. These three guys were not going to be detained, but they were questioned and embarrassed and all of that. And for Donald Trump to then start attacking the father of one of the players claiming that uh, he, he, he wasn't grateful enough, that, that he was, quote, ungrateful, and then make this comment, 
um, in describing LeVar Ball, the father of one of the players. By the way, his older son uh, was one of the star players that was drafted very highly in the NBA last year. A poor man's version of Don King. He also called Mr. Ball an ungrateful fool and insisted, it was me who deserved more thanks for rescuing Mr. Ball's son. Well, the it was me is a reference to the tweet that the right. father put out there of who, question mark, sure. as far as like, oh, are you going to thank the president? So this petty sniping. Yeah. Like most grown adults would just shrug that off and go, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> well, it was me that uh, may go down in history as Donald Trump's pithiest tweet of all time. Uh, oh, I don't know. I think there's still plenty of gold yet <laughs> yeah. to come in the old tweet. Plenty grist. of gold yet to come, but uh, it was me is a is a kind of a funny uh, characterization of Donald Trump's whole <laughs> political career. Who caused all this ridiculous chaos? It was me. And let's face it, Joe Barton is the song. Hey Joe, ever going to sound the same? <laughs> I don't know the details about the naked picture of Joe Barton on the internet. He called it revenge porn. I have no idea. Uh, who cares? Well, whether or not it's revenge porn, which, of course, there are as many subgenres of porn as there is anything else these days. Right. Um, why a guy that age is even entertaining the idea of photographic equipment in the vicinity of his nakedness is another matter to ponder. <laughs> Him and Trump were probably comparing notes. So, bro posting. Joe Barton uh, borrowed Donald Trump's tweet. It was me. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I, I, Joe Barton will probably survive this. Uh, but I seem to recall he, he voted for the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And you had to love it, the fact that he immediately said, I had consensual sex with several mature women. <laughs> Whatever that em means. Well, emphasizing, not unlike uh, senatorial candidates in Alabama, <laughs> right. I think is where the mature comes from there. <laughs> For ma <clears throat> mature audiences only. Indeed. <laughs> it wasn't R-rated, it was M-rated. If you recall the M ratings from... Uh, from the old days. Uh, yeah, video games, I think, use those, too. This is uh, getting sillier and sillier. Um, and, of course, this is making Congress look worse and worse. That may be the strategy here. I don't know. But uh, I recall a number of years ago that uh, Frank Uli, who uh, might be on tonight later for Radio Llama Fa 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 at 10 o'clock. I don't know whether it's his week or the... The other gentleman's, but he, one year when he was doing radio with Lord Rockingham uh, on Friday afternoons in the 90s, he would play a cover of Hey Joe every week from all these garage oh, bands. Oh, right. It's, yeah, it's one of the songs that everybody does. And of course, Jimi Hendrix does the best version of Hey Joe, in my opinion. You can see him tonight at the Michigan Theater. Oh, that's right. The uh, Otis Redding uh, performance film, the entire concert, and the entire Jimi Hendrix concert. Uh, Screen at 7 p.m. at the Michigan Theater. Yeah. And on to the uh, other irrelevancies. Al Franken, I think, wisely is not going to resign, at least not yet. I really think that those allegations, whatever they are, need to be confirmed. And uh, 
Well, the pres- ethics. Presumably, that's where the ethics committee yeah. comes in. Will uh, you know scrutinize the claims uh, if there's anything there? Uh, the, the, you know, the lack of transparency with the Senate's ethics committee is, of course, another matter. But if at least it's scrutinized there, well, that is the procedure. Yeah, and let's remember, by the way, that uh, Bob Packwood, uh, the who was characterized as the kissing senator from Oregon, was forced to resign. Uh, after a long ethics investigation back in the 90s. As for this kind of notion that the Democrats are on the defensive and all that, I think it's pretty silly. Uh, I'm going to list some Republicans here that were involved in various sex scandals, and I only can go back to the 90s here. (laughs) Clarence Thomas, Bob Packwood, Newt Gingrich, Bob Livingston, Mark Foley, Denny Hastert, David Vitter, John Ensign, Joe Barton, (laughs) Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And for Donald Trump to navigate his way back into the Alabama primary is rather remarkable. Well, you got to keep that base happy. They're um, all the constituency is concerned with. Well, it is. And what's bizarre about it is the Senate has already pretty much said they're not going to allow this guy to be seated even if he wins. Right. So presumably so it's losing, the, losing. the governor selects a replacement. And even if that's a Republican replacement, the length of time that that whole process will take is going to render the addition of that one, you know, sustaining that one vote as a Republican vote. It's months away. It's months away. Now, the special election is a couple of weeks away. We don't know if Roy Moore is going to survive. Um, hey, hi-ho, Silver. <laughs> Apparently rides a horse by the name of Sassy. Think about that one for a while. <laughs> <clears throat> we have some public service announcements in which Sassy is yeah. <laughs> thrown, thrown around. It's a sort of a rascally bobcat, as I recall. Oh, that's, yeah, those uh, PSAs are a takeoff on the old lassie. Timmy fell down the well. (laughs) Anyway, um, John Conyers, of course, this has got a local connection. He's already resigned as House Judiciary ranking member. Uh, This guy is old paint already. Uh, Hopefully he won't become old taint, but we'll see. Uh, He's got an ethics hearing. And uh, I do think that uh, due process and that sort of thing is in order. John Conyers' problem, of course, is there may not even be a sexual harassment scandal here. This may be just the diversion of funds. We don't know. Uh, We know that uh, a peddler of right-wing disinformation is somehow involved in uh, spreading the rumors about John Conyers. But John Conyers has also been involved in some other shenanigans over the many years where his conduct has been somewhat questionable. And in my opinion, the real issue in John Conyers is the gerrymandering problem that Michigan voters will probably be allowed to uh, take a stand on uh, in the 2018 elections. Yeah, before the program, you called it the most gerrymandered uh, district in the country. It's one of them, yeah. I mean, it's it, John Conyers wins with 93% of the vote. Um, but I, I do want to point out with these witch hunts that seem to be degenerating into, I don't know where it will end or what what's going to have to end it. Uh, Donald Trump isn't going to be able to end it. Um, 
In fact, uh, I'm still waiting those lawsuits that haven't happened. But uh, Dalton Trumbull, a famous uh, victim of McCarthyism, famously said that there were no heroes, just victims. And uh, that might be where this is heading. I have no idea why there are people calling for a reassessment of Bill Clinton. This is just mind-bogglingly stupid. Uh, over the last couple of days, by the way, I've been reading a very scholarly analysis of the Ken Starr-Bill Clinton confrontation. Mm. And I'm even more outraged uh, now uh, than I was back in the 90s about what was really going on here. Uh, this people that were being sexually harassed were Monica Lewinsky and uh, Bill Clinton. They were being asked questions that no American should have to be asked. Ridiculous. And we'll get into the particulars when I finish this book. It's by Ken Gormley, a Duquesne Law Dean, who I saw, by the way, a couple years ago at the Ford uh, School, uh, the Ford Presidential Library a couple of years ago when he was talking about the pardon involving Gerald Ford. But I digress. Uh, and we'll get to the specifics there, but uh, let's remember that Paula Jones filed her lawsuit um, on the heels of a press conference in front of CPAC. That's mm -hmm. how that's how Paula Jones got this thing going. Uh, well, that was very politicized from the get-go. Yeah, and this was designed to um, keep headlines moving, accusations flying, speculation on media. Leaked information with emails and social media and all this stuff. And it went on for quite some time. So the notion that Bill Clinton didn't pay a price is ludicrous. Now, I think Bill Clinton was a fool for getting involved with anybody like Monica Lewinsky. Um, not because I have disparaging ideas about her. But John F. Kennedy uh, fooled around with professional women. <laughs> And I do not buy Linda Tripp's argument, by the way, that Monica Lewinsky was, quote, a girl. She's just a girl, not a woman. Huh? This is Linda Tripp justifying the fact that she taped surreptitiously mm -hmm. a lunch conversation with Monica Lewinsky trying to help Ken Starr, who, after four or five years, concluded Elmer Fudd style that Bill Clinton was a very rascally wabbit. <laughs> You know, this just in, this just in, I'm going to get him someday. Well, <clears throat> Bugs Bunny always escaped the clutches of Elmer Fudd. And oh, by the way, Ken Starr, what exactly did you do connected to the Baylor football team rape uh, event? He was forced to resign as president of Baylor after it was discovered that there was a cover-up involving the Baylor football team, this is a couple years ago, involving rape and what Ken Starr knew or didn't know. We'll talk more about them, not the Baylor uh, uh, people, uh, probably in some upcoming shows, about the Bill Clinton um, outrages, because I, I, I just am uh, flabbergasted at some of the things that went on in that uh, scandal. And if the same things are applied to Bill and Hillary Clinton. 
are applied to Donald Trump and Melania Trump. In years to come. You in mean? years to come. Melania Trump should be questioned about her life before marrying Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton was asked questions about her law work back 18 years before. It really went into the gutter uh, over a lot of things. And uh, the sexual McCarthyism in the Bill Clinton scandal was pretty outrageous. Now, Monica Lewinsky did uh, file a misleading affidavit. Um, whether that was perjury or not, that's, a, that's another story. Uh, Paula Jones questioned Monica Lewinsky before anybody knew about her uh, as Linda Tripp basically betrayed Monica Lewinsky and then justified her conduct subsequent to that. This is while she's breaking Maryland's law regarding taping phone conversations. So it's, it's, it, it is a remarkable scandal when you actually go back and read the details. It's... I don't know if it's ever been made into a TV movie of the week, but I do remember John Goodman playing Linda Tripp on a Saturday Night Live skit to hilarious effect. Yes, and Linda Tripp amazingly told Mr. Gormley that I was pretty hot back in 93, and I was transferred out of the White House. As if that were... Because Hillary Clinton thought that Bill would hit on me. I was like, well, that's some pretty impressive flattery. Self-flattery. Uh, I don't want to go into Linda Tripp's looks. She looks quite different now. She apparently has uh, married a German and slips into German from time to time in her home in the rolling hills of Maryland somewhere. But uh, she's, by the way, one of the real villains in the Bill Clinton sex scandal. And uh, some of the questioning contemplated by the Rutherford Institute... The lawyers hired by Jerry Falwell. This stuff is unbelievable when you begin looking at the connections. And connections are sometimes appropriate. How interesting that a prominent British journalist gives an interview on uh, t last Tuesday about f 46 Soho in New York City. And the very next day, Donald Trump's name is taken off the building. In other words, this story breaks when? Wednesday night, the day before Thanksgiving. Who on earth is paying attention to that? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard, by the way, today that there's another breaking story involving Donald Trump's uh, hotel acumen. His name is being taken off a hotel in Panama because of, quote, low occupancy, unquote. <laughs> One of the problems with 46 Soho. Uh, these are uh, buildings, by the way, that uh, there's some questionable connections with the financing involving. I believe that there's Russian money involved in the uh, Soho uh, estate. You got it. Oligarchs galore. Oh, and by the way, that Da Vinci painting that was sold a couple of weeks ago. Remember that? Yeah. The, what was it? $400 million? $450 million after fees? The owner of that painting turned out to be the same guy who bought Donald Trump's mansion down in Florida, uh, in which he paid uh, 95, like $95 million for a $40 million house. These are the things...
that Donald Trump is going to have to start worrying about. Uh, but, of course, his competence is it's beyond question at this point. He's probably the most incompetent chief executive officer in American history. Um, when he's not insulting people. Um, well, this little episode uh, today yeah. uh, with the uh, Navajo Code talkers, as I'm sure what you're uh, referring to there, it's... Unbelievable. Uh, when you see the clip, you just think, you know, I've seen him do every stupid thing that he's done so far. How could it get stupider? It keeps getting stupider. And it's not just the fact that he throws out the Pocahontas epithet in the, you know, intentionally offensive term. I'm referring to somebody I don't like as Pocahontas in that sense. It's certainly d despite what Sarah Huckabee says, uh, it's being used in a racist manner. But there are many other things about this little episode that when you look at it closely, it just it's layered with many examples of his inability to read a situation to address people appropriately to behave like a grown adult with some sense of your country's history and your purpose and function it goes on and on yeah uh, they're in standing in front of a portrait of andrew jackson uh our first mass murderer president i like to call him the trail of tears trail is of uh, tears, yeah. on his resume um and he rounded up native americans in in several southern states Shipped him west, including Florida, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi, and mar frog marched him. That's yeah. uh, not a a, uh, a racial uh, term, by the way. That's a that's at gunpoint. Yeah, they were frog marched. March west, and thousands of them died. Um, and they kept pushing Native American people, by the way, farther and farther into. Uh, territory that was, uh, well, a little less hospitable to growing food. Indeed. Then, for instance, when the when the Native Americans discovered oil in Oklahoma, that land was confiscated. Oop, got a scooch again. Wait a minute. We got some Native Americans making money off this? We can't allow that. Now, there was some duplicity and all of that. That's There's actually a very interesting book uh, on that particular subject uh, about the uh, Oklahoma oil uh, boom in the 1920s. So without really even being aware of the irony, and you know, these guys, these Navajo code talkers, they're, they're old dudes. They're not looking at the portraits on the wall. No. They're being honored by, quote unquote, the president. It's a good occasion for them, regardless of whoever the president happens to be. So they're not paying attention to these little minute details that just speak volumes about the uh, ignorance and incompetence of this uh, human being. Um, after uh, sort of acknowledging, uh, at least in some small way, the uh, fraught history, shall we say, of Native Americans with the American government, uh, he says uh, to puts his hand on the guy's shoulder right next to him and says, uh, you've been here for a lot longer than me, than any of us here. You, your people, is what he means. So right. even that's poorly phrased as he's looked at this old gentleman, a war vet from World War II. Um, uh, oh, there's one other person uh, who thinks she's been here that long. And it was she's called Pocahontas. And that's his little jab jab. Uh at Elizabeth Warren, but then he turns back to the uh, elderly gentleman and says, but I like you, you're special. 
So there's some weird like, oh, uh, dismissive uh, term against Native Americans. But, but, oh, you're okay. Sure. It's one of those kind of moments. Um, and then he reaches out to shake hands with the other gentleman who's got a cane. Now, the the old man has a cane in his shaking hand, which is, you know, typically culturally in the West, you shake hands with your right hand, whether you're left-handed or not. Well, this dude has a cane in his right hand instead of... Instead of being an aware human being, uh, considerate of others and going, oh, this dude has a cane. I should shake this guy's hand with sure. my left hand. Bob Dole. Bob Dole had to shake hands with his and left so, hand. Yeah, if you're shaking, if you're going to shake hands with Bob Dole, you think about that for a moment before you do it. Oh, I don't want to make an awkward moment. I'll reach out with the shaking hand for this sure. guy. Trump misreads the thing at every possible level. Exactly. He's just, he's not in the game. And I haven't even seen the video, by the way, but uh, the way you are describing it, it's, it's even worse. embarrassing. That I imagined, and of course, is indicative of what a, uh, what was the word that Tillerson used? Moron? <laughs> yeah, moron. Uh, the moron comment, by the way, came out of uh, Donald Trump's uh, desire to increase our nuclear arsenal by a factor of 10. I mean, this guy is clueless. And this tax cut that's being knocked around in Washington, I don't know if it's going to pass or not, but to hear that uh, one of the horse trading uh, points is going to be drilling for oil in the Prudhoe Bay wildlife, the Arctic wildlife refuge is staggering. Don't we have enough oil already? Doesn't Donald Trump fulminate oil like that volcano in Indonesia? I don't know. Uh, but I certainly am worried about the influence of more and more of this fake news and this unbelievable stuff that keeps going on. You know, a couple of weeks ago and last week I was mentioning and wanted to cover this at the end of the show about the mass shooting in the Texas church and how this turned into a, a fake story in which a home video quote-unquote journalist by the name of Mr. Williams, a popular right-wing YouTube personality who calls him the doctor of common sense, he had filmed and uploaded a three-minute video about the Sutherland Springs shooting on his YouTube page, and it has roughly 90,000 subscribers. Authorities had not yet named a suspect, but that didn't deter Mr. Williams, who is black, from speculating that the gunman was either Muslim or black. Later, after the shooter was identified as uh, a white man named Devin P. Kelly, Mr. Williams posted a follow-up video. He claimed that Mr. Kelly was most likely a Bernie Sanders supporter. <laughs> Keep throwing stuff at the wall. Something will stick. <laughs> okay, despite having no claim to the evidence uh, to support this, Mr. Williams argued passionately, saying in his uh, YouTube shock video, uh, sometimes you can tell a lot from a person's picture. Hmm, where have I heard that before? Donald Trump talking about Al Franken. Wow. Um, this, by the way, from an article uh, by, by Kevin Roos um, on the 10th of November. 
2017, uh, days after the mass shooting in Texas. Of course, it's too early to talk about gun control. Just too early. Well, actually, uh, Black Friday was the single biggest day of uh, background checks on record. Gun sales, big day for gun sales. I believe it. Um, I, I wish they would get rid of that holiday or whatever they want, the notoriety of it. It's luckily fading a little bit in our culture, but boy, it needs to go. It is grotesque that this country would have a sort of a shopping orgy after Thanksgiving, which is, of course, an, an eating orgy. But <laughs> that kind of tells you a little bit about uh, the United States of America. Uh, we are being given the signal, by the way, that we're out of time here. Uh, here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We'll have lots to say, of course, next week about the developments in the Michael Flynn legal matter. Uh, his lawyers no longer in negotiation or discussion with Trump lawyers, and that suggests that they are cooperating with Mueller's investigation. Yeah, the noose gets tighter. John Lewis, uh, one of the heroes of uh, the 20th century in terms of the civil rights movement, is going to be speaking uh, tonight live at Hill Auditorium, and you here at uh, WCBN are going to be granted live coverage of this event. Um, let's remember that Donald Trump started his presidency um, many months ago, many moons ago, attacking John Lewis, if you will recall. Um but anyway, his commitment to civil rights, his record in involved with the uh, student nonviolent, um, I guess it was the coordinating, coordinating committee. Coordinating committee, yeah. The S, it's kind of a weird acronym. SNCC. SNCC. -C -C. S -C -C. He was an active uh, young man involved in the marches uh, throughout the, uh, the South uh, during the Martin Luther King era. Uh, so one of the great American heroes for a variety of reasons. He's still in Congress, represents the state of Georgia. And uh, I think we'll be moving over there quickly. Okay. Hi, this is Pauline Oliveros. And you're listening to WCBN.